Christina, can you start us off on this one? What do you want me to say? Yeah. <laughs> Whoever is sickest starts us off. I think, oh that's the, yeah. I think, I think you sound more congested than I do, Chris. You are now listening to two sick people and two <laughs> healthy people on the Profit First Podcast. Episode 66. Oh! Mm. Oh, oh, I don't feel well. <laughs> oh, man. I don't feel good. <laughs> you know, I like the, the grunting is okay, but I thought you were hacking up a lung. That would not have been cool. <laughs> it felt that way. Oh, Welcome, God, everyone, so to the show, the Profit First Podcast. I'm Chris Curran, the founder of Fractal Recording. And while he's a little bit under the weather, I'm not. And I'm Mike McCallow. It's the author of Profit First. I'm uh, in studio with my colleague, Christina Bulldog. Hello. Who's Christina. also sick. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's that time of year. The weather starts changing, and so do people's health, it seems like. Yep. Well, you listener, hopefully you're healthy and fine. You're listening to the Profit First podcast, and you can find us on things like iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn Radio, and of course, our website, ProfitFirstPodcast.com. And this is the show where we talk about the the most important thing in business, period. I, would anyone disagree with that, Mike? Is anyone crazy enough to disagree with that? I, yeah, that's the funny thing. Like The most important thing in your business is your profitability. That translates to sustainability. Mm. Yet, so many people are like, oh, you can't... Some people have a negative connotation about profit. Like, oh, profit's a bad thing. Are you kidding me? Uh, that's like saying blood's a bad thing. Like it supports you. <laughs> and other people, other people just say, well, profit's something that will just come as long as I make a lot of money, as long as I sell a lot. And they put profit last. Uh, it's it, it's like you two. It's like now that you're sick, Christina, you saying, oh, you know, I finally decided to put my health last. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You're like, you're like, I'm sick. I, damn it, I'm going to get healthy. Yeah. When, when it becomes important, we put it first. So yeah, uh, not everyone gets it, Chris. But I, we're getting, we're making the show convince them to start putting it first. Right. And I want to just thank you on behalf of so many listeners and readers. Thank you that you wrote the book Profit First, where you detail the art and science of profit. That's right. There are rules. There are tips. There's genius in that book. If I do oh, say thanks. so myself, <laughs> dude, I appreciate you saying that. And uh, it, it's not just the book now. This show is having an impact. I actually want to do a shout out yeah. to one of our listeners that emailed in. Uh, I'm gonna, if I bastardize oh. just, just do Matt, the first initial of the last name. Matt, Matt oh, no, it's Olmshank. Matt Olmshank. Uh, who's the only name worse than Olmshank is Michalowicz, but <laughs> Matt Olmshank of Signature Window Cleaning in Phoenix, Arizona. Thanks for the shout out. We're so happy you're enjoying the show, Matt. And um, yeah, keep spreading the word and, and keep keep you know cleaning windows. Keep doing what you do. Yeah, and if anyone needs a clean window in Phoenix, call Matt. Keep for rocking the call. profit. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, what have you been up to, bro? Oh man, you know it's snowing here in Colorado Springs, and it's been a little colder than average, but it's great. We still haven't seen much deer lately, but um, haven't gone um, hiking too much either. But we went to this one state park around here. It's so cool. It's like 5,000 acres. They have nice. 55 mm. miles of trails. They have cabins for rent. So we're going to rent. We want to rent a cabin and go hang out in the state park in the mountains of Colorado for a while. That'd be cool, right? Such a mountain man now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's awesome. I know, but the exactly. thing is, I'm a vegetarian. I don't eat meat. I don't hunt. I don't oh. fish. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke anything. So, so what are you hunting for? Like a four-leaf clover? <laughs> Wait, you, you, put, you equip yourself up and stuff. And oh my, shh, everyone, stop quiet. I think I see a clover in the distance. <laughs> stalk it, stalk it. I could run away. <laughs> the dandelion. That's funny. That's funny. Yeah. What do you then you get up to, up to it. You get up to it. It's only a three-leaf clover. <laughs> um, yeah, the sound effects are back. Me. Um, I uh, have an Apple iWatch. Boom, bam. Oh. Christina sees it yeah, right here. Yeah, it's pretty. You know what's so cool about the iWatch? Um, first of all, it measures your health. So I like to exercise regularly, and it measures your blood pressure, and not blood pressure, but your, your heartbeats yeah. per minute and the exercises you're doing. The coolest thing, it has a reminder to stand up. So every so often, it'll say, Mike, you haven't, I don't know how it measures standing versus sitting, but it does. And it says, you haven't stood in the last hour, stand up. Oh. So yeah, oh. it's a cool little, I'm I'm digging it. I'm cool. digging it. That is pretty cool. Stand up, Mike. <laughs> yeah. All right, now I'm standing. The real Slim Shady. <laughs> I can't stand. <laughs> well, so we have a really cool guest coming on. I'm going to thank our sponsors first, but I just want to give get wet your appetite. 
Uh, her name's Erica Wernick, and she has a business out in L.A. She'll give us a little details on that, who's implemented Profit First, but is kind of struggling to get really into the nuances. So we're going to mm-hmm. explore how to master Profit First in the, today's episode with a real business in a, in a cool vertical. But before we do that, we have to thank our corporate partners, the yes. folks who make this possible. Do you know who they are, Christina? Oh, I do. We have Nextiva. She's not even looking at a piece of paper. And T Sheets. Yes. And Fundera. Yes. And Fundbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to emphasize that D at the end. Yeah. So we're, we'll give you details on those companies in a little bit, but just a, a thank you for to them for uh, supporting our show. Um, and don't forget, at the end of the show, too, Christina and uh, Chris will be put on the spot to share the insights that you learned from this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and me too. Maybe you know we're going to learn some interesting stuff from Erica. Okay. Well, her name is Erica Wernick. She is a uh, graphic designer for television, and she is a founder of LA Bound, the ultimate guide to moving to Los Angeles. Cool. Now, Christina, why do people move to Los Angeles? To become famous. Famous. <laughs> uh, and you can see her work on TV shows like Glee, one oh. of your favorites, uh, The Office, one of your favorites. Yes. I love The Office. Entourage, The Middle, but there's like nice. 20, 30 shows that goes on and on. Um, Erica is implementing Profit First in her business. Because I don't care, even if you're in LA, which is known for its wealth, mm-hmm. I don't care where you're located or what you do, if you're not implementing Profit First, you can get yourself in a bind. And uh, Erica is finding her way out using Profit First, so with no, or not much further ado, let's bring her on board. Welcome to the show, Erica. Erica! <laughs> hey. <laughs> I've heard other people on your other episodes comment about that crowd cheering, but you don't realize how exciting it really is until you hear it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's kind of, I know, it's kind of amazing. It's kind of, they are here for you. Like we, we announced that you're coming on the show. (laughs) So here's the deal. We rent a stadium. (laughs) We... Now, here's hey, the other I work sound. in movies, so I get it. I get the setup. I, I understand, and I appreciate the creation. <laughs> nice. Mm. All right, so let's get right into it. Tell us a little bit, what does your business do? Well, actually, let me rewind. How did you get into this business, and then tell us what you do? Uh, well, I moved to Los Angeles to work in the film industry, like so many people that live in L.A., and I had a dream of working in television, and I made it happen relatively quickly. I broke in uh, my first two weeks in LA, landed my first television show. And since then, I have worked for seven years in television on over 20 television shows, like you mentioned in the introduction. And as I um, found my success and, and really got to live what it was like to do something that actually makes you happy and, and see that, you know, these big dreams that we have, they actually are possible. I started becoming slightly obsessed with wanting to help other people. You know, I see so many people in LA struggling and I can usually quickly point out why it's not working for them. And I am just so passionate about wanting to help them because I've lived it. I've lived the dream and it's awesome. And everyone else deserves that same dream life that they're going after. Uh, So that's basically why I started LA Bound. And it didn't even start as a full-on business. It just started as an ebook, LA Bound, The Ultimate Guide to Moving to Los Angeles. Just because I feel like everyone who's been in LA for a little bit of time starts getting emails from random strangers. And by strangers, I mean your mother meets someone in the grocery store whose daughter wants to move to LA. And she says, oh, you should email my kid. And, you know, these questions just started flooding in and everyone had the same questions over and over. So instead of repeating myself all the time, I was like, hey, what if I put this in a book? And since I'm a graphic designer, it was just a really fun design project for myself. So that's where the business portion of LA Bound started, just with this ebook. You know, it sounds like a fantasy for so many people like, oh, to become a a movie or a television star, to move to L.A., Uh, but you hear about all these washed up dreams. How, Erica, did you land your first gig in two weeks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for one thing, I, I have to say, and, and to comment on what you just said, is that my, my goal, my dream was never to, you know, quote unquote, be famous. I mean, I'm not, I wasn't going after acting, but I wasn't going after it 
for the wrong reasons. I was going after it because I truly love graphic design and I love the industry and I just wanted to be a part of it. So I feel like when people come here with the intentions of, oh, I just want to be famous, um, that's where they really get tripped up. Like it's just, it, that's not going to get you far. You really need to be passionate about what you do to make it through, you know, this industry. And I broke in so quickly. This is what I teach in LA Bound just because I did work. I did research for almost an entire year before I moved to LA. And Mm. I connected with people in the industry. I had no connections. I knew zero people. But I did, you know, the same thing that people probably do in any business where you reach out to someone who's already done what you want to do. And you ask them, hey, how did you get there? What are the first steps that I need to be taking? I mean, even that's what I'm doing here on the Profit First podcast. Like, hey, I want to have a profitable business. Let me talk to someone who knows a thing or two about that. Bruh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, you picked the show to be on. Um, Now, so what I'm hearing is you didn't really land your first gig in two weeks. It was a year in two weeks. It was just two weeks from when you landed in L.A. Correct smart preparation and one thing i was unclear i thought it was an actress role was your first gig as a graphic designer for a television show or was yes. it in acting okay no 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 no. i i have a degree in graphic design and i went to art school and uh, all i wanted to do was design graphics for television and so yeah that first show that i booked right when i moved to la uh, was for a graphic designer on a show that's amazing wow now i i assume and all these shows were gra- as a graphic designer yep now, I assume it's kind of hit or miss work. I mean, maybe that's not the right term to use, but I, I, I assume that if you're a graphic designer, you get engaged on a project, there's a certain period of time, there's a certain fee for the project, but then it's not for the rest of your life. The show ends or their needs for you end, and it sounds like it's either starvation or flourishing. Is that, do you experience those ups, peaks and valleys? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I was just telling someone, I feel like the television world prepared me very well for the entrepreneurial world, (laughs) (laughs) you know, because I constantly have to find my own work and, you know, Hey, if I booked a show like Grey's Anatomy, then I'd be set for 10 years, but that didn't happen. And that's why I've worked on so many television shows because I've done a lot of first seasons. Uh, you know, it's very common these days for television shows to be canceled. So Mm -hmm. when a show's canceled or if it only has one season, I'm Back to the drawing board. I have to hustle every time to find my own work. Mm. Yeah, or for pilots to get ditched, as Christina knows. Uh, I, how many I, pilots have I filmed? The now? entire industry, no matter what your job is, I feel <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. I think I've, yeah. I've done three or four pilots. Yeah. And the last pilot, they're like, "This is the best one ever. This is going to go big time." And then it's a cycle. Then you're starting all over again. So okay, so Erica, you you do this as a profession. You find there's an entrepreneurial opportunity for these other people. You start. Uh, you write the book, LA Bound. It's turned into a business. Just tell us briefly, what does the business do exactly? So since that ebook that I mentioned, it has grown into a membership community. That's where I am today. And I just saw a need for these people who are moving to Los Angeles to connect with other people who are moving to Los Angeles, because I think one of the biggest problems when people want to move here for a big dream is that they have no support system and you know, very often they only know maybe one or two people in LA. And it's a very lonely transition. It's a very lonely time. So I saw the need to be able to connect these people with each other. And then I also used the membership community to teach them how to break into their industries, how to get their first gig, how to network with the appropriate people that are really going to make a difference for their career. And just to give a sense to all the folks listening in, um, many of the folks listening in, entrepreneurs, they do have membership communities just like yours, not necessarily for the service you provide, but they have membership communities. What's the fee structure, if you're you're willing and able to share that, to to be a member, what's the size of your organization, just so we can get a flavor of what the makeup of your business is? Well, these kids are, you know, fresh and new out of college and don't have a lot of money. They sound so, very wealthy. <laughs> yeah, they're extremely wealthy. You know, they're just like <laughs> they're just like the entrepreneurial audience in which they really understand the value of investing. Yeah, and yeah. so yeah. I charge them one million dollars a month. I love it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so I don't even need to be here. Yeah. Uh, so, so so they have no money. 
Right. You know, yes. So, you know, and and through through my growth of my business, or I should say not even the growth of my business, but learning what I should even sell um, has been a journey because of that reason. You know, I've Mm. really struggled with can they pay money? Can they can? What can they pay? So and I really want to provide enough value for them. You know, it's really important for me to be able to help them. So right now, the the real quote unquote fee that they'll see on the page if they go to try to sign up today is $35 a month. However, I do multiple sales opportunities through webinars and through email series where they can get it for 25 a month. So for me, 25 a month is like my standard fee that I really get. And then how many people are active right now with you? Because I know that so, turns, they, they sign up. They yeah, leave, yeah. So it's only been live for like three months. <laughs> this okay. is oh, Okay, so new. you're brand new at this. Okay. Brand new. So my business has, LA Bound has existed since the end of 2013. But like I said, it's just been a journey of me experimenting with what can I actually sell besides this ebook. So yeah. I've sold hundreds of ebooks uh, because, but because I was offering it at such a low price, I wasn't making any money. And mm. so- even after selling, you know, hundreds, I've sold over 300 eBooks um, just on my mm. own site. So I, I tried different things. I did an online course. Um, I considered coaching, which I would still love to do, but I ultimately got some um, guidance from people who run online businesses and I'm part of their community. And they really helped me to figure out the membership model. And when I first launched it three months ago, everyone was so excited that I was like, huh, okay, I think this is maybe what I should have been doing all along. Mm. And, you know, I still get to kind of coach them in the site when I talk to them one-on-one. So it's still a great opportunity for me. But since then, I've had, I think I've had 40 members in the past three months. Um, And it's so brand new that the churn rate, I'm still working on it. I'm still trying to figure it out. I feel like it hasn't been quite long enough. You know, the very first people to sign up, I offered them a, uh, I forget the term, <laughs> the proper term, but basically I offered them a really low fee to get, to start populating the site. Mm-hmm. So all of those members are paying ten ninety nine, and they're still in there, like every single one of them, I think. Gotcha. So, and, and what's, just so we understand the last piece of business, and thank you for your candor. I mean, this mm-hmm. really helps uh, everyone understand their, the, the situation their business is in so they can relate to you. Um, what what do they get for ten ninety nine a month or twenty five or thirty five? What what do they get from you? So there are multiple aspects. The first, as I mentioned, is the community aspect, and it's sort of like a Facebook layout where there's a news feed gotcha. and they can talk to each other. Uh, they can ask me questions one on one privately in a private message or on the news feed, so they have direct access to me. And then another aspect are all the resources. So there's two categories of that. There are resources for Los Angeles. So if you're brand new moving, there's a neighborhood guide. Neighborhoods are a big topic in LA because it's so spread out. So where you live is really important. So there's all that kind of stuff like how to ship your car, you know, where all of the targets are, where's the Ikea, you know all that kind of stuff for people moving. And then there's also a whole bunch of resources on the industry and how to break into the industry, Mm. how to network. Every webinar that I do, the replays are there. And finally, uh, members-only events. So I do uh, webinar-esque events once a month where we do hot seats where people can ask questions. And we also have some live members only events. We're actually hiking to the Hollywood sign in a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. There you go. No, it's wow. a great networking. Okay, good. Now I have a sense for your business. Let's get to the profit first coaching. The, the one good piece of news I have for you, Erica, is regardless of your size, if you had one member and you were making $1 a month, we could still get this going. Uh, so you're, you're far past <laughs> that. True. Yeah, you're well past that. So that's good. Um, you started to implement profit first. Um, I know you were working on the instant assessment. We exchanged some emails back and forth. Tell us what you were doing and where you got hung up and let's get you through this and make your business profitable. Thank you. Yeah. And, you know, I was so nervous to come on here and be honest about this because, you know, I feel insecure about, you know, my issues with accounting and money and all that stuff. But 
I feel confident that I'm not the only person out there that probably feels that way. So yeah. hopefully. Well, you know this- what? Let, let me address that first. If the, I, thank you for your courage for coming on uh, because it is terrifying yeah. to to open the kimono, if you wish, it will, or wish. I don't know if you wish to open kimonos, <laughs> if you will. But um, it, it's scary because we think we're alone and we think we'll be inferior to everyone else because I'm not successful. I don't have as much wealth, but I got to put on this air of success, especially in your kind of business. But it's the humbleness and the authenticity that actually comes across to members. Yes. And the folks listening in, I can guarantee you, Erica, 90% of the people listening in can directly relate to your story because they're directly going through the exact same situation now. So I, I appreciate <laughs> your nervousness. But applaud you for having the courage mm-hmm. to do this. And as a result, I promise you'll see some rewards. If nothing else, we're going to guide you through through to more profitability. So uh, I'm sorry. You. Just wanted to say that. Yeah, yeah, no problem. Ah, let's keep going. <laughs> yeah, thank you. No, because I was going to say, you know, in the beginning of the book, you have all these examples where people break down and, you know, start bawling in front of you when yeah. you do the assessment with them. Yeah, and so I'm a co-crier, so. <laughs> I was like, should I, I have the tissues nearby when I do this? I... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so, <laughs> so essentially, you know, me being a graphic designer, going to art school, I'm the art brain, right? So I'm not, I don't have that accounting brain. Um, and reading The Profit First, I was, I was really excited. My mentor had recommended it to me. He said it changed his business and that I should be doing the same thing. And I was really excited. And I think, you know, in general, it's actually quite easy to understand. So thank you for making it very easy to understand you know, just for my pleasure. And yeah, just for, you know, an everyday person who's not good with numbers. Um, the part that tripped me up was just doing the actual assessment um, mm-hmm. for a couple of reasons, which you kind of mentioned in the book, but, you know, A, I don't think I've ever paid myself, you know, and yep, uh, yep. B, my, you know, this business model and, and this whole year, this whole journey of figuring out what model will I actually use for my business has been you know, it, it's took me taken me such a long time to get here that I've had to spend a lot of money to get here and I haven't really profited. And, you know, it's also an online business. So I was a little confused about where all my expenses fall in in the chart, being that almost all of my expenses are monthly recurring subscriptions that I need for the online portion. Yep. Okay. So let's let's start digging into that, how you address the assessment. Uh, the first thing I want to address, and you mentioned that you don't have an accounting brain. He, here's a little secret. Basically, no one does. And most accountants don't <laughs> my either. My sister just... <laughs> does. And my, my, I come from a family of CPAs. <laughs> oh, oh, screw them. I Tell know, them so... to... Yeah. <laughs> screw I, I didn't them. get the right genes <laughs> Yeah. No. Screw them. But, okay, so your sister and your family are a bunch of anomalies and weirdos. The, the, <laughs> and I mean that in the nicest way. Most people don't have an accounting brain. And I think it was Einstein who said... If you measure a fish, a fish's success by its ability to climb a tree, you'll never find a successful fish. You know, and it's a shame that so many of us say, I don't have an accounting brain. I got to force myself through. So I have to finally figure it out. No, that's not what you're designed to do. So don't measure yourself or hold yourself um, up to the, the bar of being an amazing accountant. The Profit First system is designed to work for the rest of us, the most of us. And it's a simple cash management system by looking at bank accounts. So now here's my question to you, Erica. Do you occasionally look at your bank balance and see how much money you got in your bank accounts? Absolutely. Okay. That habit is a good habit. Many entrepreneurs run their business based upon what they see as their bank balance. And I'm telling you, that's a good thing if channeled the right way. So most of us have one bank account, and I'm just assuming for your business, do you have one bank account or maybe you have a few? What's your setup? Well, after reading your book, actually, okay. actually, right before I started reading the book, um, the end of the year, I did finally open an account for my business. Uh, you know, like I said, I haven't even really been making that much money, so I didn't feel the need to open an account, but I did open an account. And after I opened that checking account, I read your book and I I changed the name of it to LA Bound Operating Expenses. And that's where I am now. (laughs) Good, good. So let me give you a a visual 
uh, analogy. You could, if you were thirsty, drink maybe a glass of milk or a glass of orange juice or maybe like wine or maybe like a beer. You would never take that wine, beer, milk, and orange juice mix into one glass and oh. chug it down, right? Ugh. It's disgusting. Never. You would never chug it down. Mm. Yet, that's how... <laughs> Chris, that was, that was disgusting. <laughs> God. Sorry. Um, your voice. Jesus. Um, but, but that's what we're doing in our business. You see, money is... When we have money come into our business, it's allocated for other purposes. One is intended to be that wine. One's intended to be the orange juice. Yet we're glumming it all together. So it clouds it and we just digest it. We choke it down. So the reason we set multiple accounts is to discern the purpose of the money before we spend the money. So if $100 came into your bank account from your memberships, and it looks like you're making more than 100 bucks a month, but 100 bucks comes in, the first stage is to allocate it into its different juices. This is for my orange juice, this is for my beer, this is for my wine, this is for my milk. So kudos to you, the first step is you set up these multiple accounts. But now let's go back to the, the assessment. You start to go through the assessment, um, and just so our listeners in that aren't familiar with the profit assessment, what this is is a quick way of analyzing where your business stands. What we do is we look at your revenue from the last year or the last 12 months, we put it in, and then we see where we've in fact allocated money uh, in reality compared to where we quote unquote should allocate money based upon profit first. So how far did you get in that process, Erica? So I figured out my total revenue Okay, and what was, and do you mind sharing that too? It's so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, listen, it's not. No. I've made, in many of my years, uh, starting my business, 5000 I made one year, uh, total revenue. Um, I've lost $50,000 one year and couldn't afford it and uh, lost my house, my cars. Uh, so I've been there. I think uh, every year for the last six years, I, I don't think I've ever made a profit. One year, I think I had a little, but other than that, until you know, very recently. Yeah. No shame here, Eric. No shame. So lay it on us. Okay, so and I did. I you know when I first figured it out, I was like, you know what? That's not so bad. It's essentially you know I spent an entire year figuring out what to sell. Uh, so my total revenue for 2015: seven thousand three hundred and fifteen dollars and fifty nine cents. Okay. Good. <laughs> Good. So, not bad. Listen, that's $7,000 more than nothing. Yeah. So, 7315 And one nice thing, too, is by sharing the numbers and being very specific about it, you've set a baseline. You know now next year in comparison to how you did this year. Um, so, that's good. Now, when you took those numbers, did you take anything in – did you pay yourself anything last year from that money? See, I don't know because I didn't have a separate account. And so the money was just, you know, all of my memberships, everything is through Stripe. It just automatically goes in my account. And so I didn't track what, gotcha. you know, any of that. So we're going to put a big question mark in owner's pay. Now, another thing we want to allocate is profit. And let me distinguish what these are. Owner's pay is the pay you take to support your life, your lifestyle. And in a small, early stage business, that's what you are. Usually everything goes to owner's pay. Nothing goes to profit. So I'd expect there'd be no profit in this business yet. The next thing is taxes. Um, did, did your business, and I assume the answer is going to be no, did your business reserve any taxes on your behalf last year or when you had to pay taxes, did that come out of your own pocketbook? Uh, my accountant did everything for me and I just showed him all of the numbers um, and gave him all of, all, basically all the documents that he needed to see what I had made and so... I don't know. I didn't have to pay anything. I got money back. You didn't back, have to pay anything. So, no. You got money back. Okay. So if yeah. you got money back, that means you were paying something, and that means it likely came out of your own pocket. Um, so that means you were making either quarterly contributions or you received a deduction in a paycheck if you get a paycheck. Do you get okay, a paycheck? So, or? Well, so here's the thing, though. I work full-time in television. You know, this is a side thing. So I got you. The, I pay taxes through television all the time. You know, I'm on their payroll. Uh, okay. So, and I, I have a feeling that because, you know, what I, what I made from this business, I also have freelance design business, um, and gotcha. I made extra money from that as well. But what I think he does is he does tax write-offs because I have so many things that are write-offs. 
Right. So then now that means your business, this business that we're talking about, likely mm-hmm. uh, had a loss or a break even last year. And yes. that would result in no tax consequences. So then the last section in a profit assessment is how much did you have in expenses for this business last year? Okay, ready? <laughs> I lay it on drum, me. Everyone strap your seatbelts on. Okay, drum roll. Seven thousand seven thousand two hundred and forty six dollars and sixty cents. Wow. Hey, you, you made some money. Okay. Sixty I made sixty eight dollars and ninety nine cents. Thank God you didn't make a penny more. That'd just been embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's definitely something to cheer about. I no, am rich. So, no. Well no, yeah. And I this is the definition of what's called Parkinson's law. And if there's anything I want to educate you about on this episode of the Profit First podcast is the understanding of Parkinson's law. And and this the scenario you're playing out, by the way, Erica, is the exact same scenario I've seen for 70,000 businesses, $700,000 businesses, and $7 million businesses. Company makes $7 million in revenue. I owned one of those. And it spent $7 million in expenses. Actually, more. $7.5 million. Um, so the size of a business does not matter. It's the profitability of a business. Now, here's what Parkinson's law is. It is our natural behavior to expand our utilization for money based upon its availability. The more money that becomes available, it goes into that one bank account, we um, will use more of it. The example I love to use, I use on other episodes, is a tube of toothpaste. Tonight, Erica, if you brush your teeth and there's a full tube of toothpaste, you have the propensity to use a longer bead of toothpaste. Conversely, if that toothpaste tube is almost empty, your behavior likely will radically change. You'll bend it over the corner of the sink. You'll bite the edge of it. You'll squeeze everything. Every ounce of your energy will be pushed into that toothpaste to squeeze this one droplet of toothpaste out of it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Can you relate to that? Oh, absolutely. And it reminded me of an example that you gave in your book that similarly about the idea of when we, you know, let's say $500 comes in and we get so excited and then the next day, you know, our car breaks down and it costs $500. Exactly. That's Parkinson's law. That's Parkinson's law. Your business is, this is a clear definition of Parkinson's law. You had 7,000 come in and you found a way to spend $7,000. Now, here's the crazy thing about Parkinson's law. I am convinced you didn't sit there, pen and paper in hand saying, ooh, here's how much I made, here's how much I'm going to spend. It happens at a subconscious level. We find a way to spend everything we have and then that trigger moment happens, there's no money left on the credit card or there's no money in the bank account and we stop the spend. So we throttle on, we throttle off based upon the deposits coming into our business. Can you relate to that? Absolutely. Okay. So I got big news here, and I want to congratulate you. You are a human being. <laughs> you, oh, my God. Yeah. I thought I was an alien all these years. <laughs> no. You are totally, totally normal. So going back to your kind of question about the profit assessment, here's where your profits have been historically or how it's breaking out. Zero percent has gone into your pay. Zero percent has gone into your profit reserve, what you reward yourself with on a quarterly basis. Zero has gone into taxes. 100% has gone to expenses. That is your profit assessment. Now, on, on our website, Profit First Professionals, in the resources section, we have a tool where you can get recommended percentages. But I'll give you a rough sense. What I encourage you to do today, right when we finish this recording, uh, get those four accounts set up plus a fifth. The four accounts are this. Owner. Set up a checking account and call owner's pay. Second one, set up a checking account, call it profit. Third one, it's also a checking account, call it tax. And the fourth one is a checking account and call it expenses. The fifth bonus account is your income account, also a checking account. What happens from today going forward, Eric, is every time a deposit comes into your membership business, it goes into that income account. You are never, and I mean never, allowed to spend a penny from the income account. When the money goes in the income account on a periodic basis, you can do it once a week or once a month or twice a month. Um, and I have a whole method to the, the frequency to pick, but a business of this size is irrelevant. But on a periodic basis, consistent basis, maybe the last day of the month, whatever money is in the income account, you allocate out to these different boxes. And since you've never had owner's pay, if we simply made that 10% going forward, that's a small step forward. Since you've never had a profit, if we made that 1%, it's not a big big chunk of money. And if we allocated 1% to tax, that's not a big chunk of money. And that leaves 88% of your money going to expenses. What this translates into is if you had another $7,000 year, $6,000 plus will go into your expense account. Is it 
Do you conceive that you could have run your business just as well with $900 or so less than you did this past year? Do you think you could find a way to cut out $900 over a full year for this business and still run it just as effectively? Well, I actually went through everything last night because I knew that was going to come up. And <laughs> Damn it, you're I, prepared. Yeah, so I, I know... I know three that I can cut out. One I've already cut out and two I'm cutting out tomorrow. But some of them I actually really need. This is the problem because it's an online business. So I can't get rid of my membership plugin. Nope. You know, that's what can't my memberships. So there, yeah. So, and it's interesting. And I wanted to ask you if this is okay too, because one of my expenses, I spent a little over $2,000 on Facebook ads. Now, mm -hmm. Facebook ads is what I use to grow the business and to attract new customers. Mm -hmm. So how how do you do this when you have some expenses? I mean, not that it has to be $2,000, but, you know, so, some of these expenses I have, I really can't cut out, you know, right. especially when you're tr when it's brand new and you don't have it. You need to get customers, you know, so I have to spend money on advertising and things like that. Did those $2,000 yield at least $2,000 of revenue? Oh uh, well, my revenue was over seven thousand dollars, and was it all generated Facebook. from Facebook? I don't know for sure. I've used Facebook ads all year. So that's uh, the answer you got to find. Okay. There's two types. There's a cost and there's an investment. Here's the right. clear delineation: a cost is something you put money into, and it results in the loss of money. An investment is something you put money into, and it results in a gain of money. Facebook, just like anything else, can be an investment or a cost. But if we don't have clarity on it, we often in many cases are experiencing a cost, but we don't know and we think it's an investment. So we continue it. Mm -hmm. it. For example, I'll play a game with you. I'll give you $10, but you give me $12 in return every single time. I'll play a game all day long. You'll go bankrupt. I'll get rich. But the reverse could be true too. You give me $10, but I'll give you $12 in response every time you'll get rich. So we got to learn Facebook. Is it an investment? You're putting in 10, getting 12, or is it a loss? We're putting in 10 and we're getting back nothing or we're putting in 12, getting back 10. So mm -hmm. you got to figure it out. And that's what Profit First does. What we know now is if we start allocating money to your owner's pay, 10% of all deposits, profit, 1% tax, 1%, we only have $6,000 or so to run your business on. It forces us to become critical of all of our expenditures and differentiate between cost and investment. Now, the membership site, I can tell you that's an investment. Why? Because it's causing customer retention. If your customers join you and they stay for a second month, it's not because of the Facebook ad. It's because the right. membership is supporting them. So clearly, if you have retention over one month, that is an investment. Is it, a, is it an efficient investment? Maybe not. We still got to play with that. But first, we want to cut costs. Now, you said there's a couple things that were kind of obvious. What are those things? My email marketing system. Okay. Uh, my email, you know, marketing provider, you know, I have Infusionsoft and that mm. was a big investment for me this year, but I feel like it was a game changer in just how I, I run everything and organize everything and communicate with my list. So, I, I, you know, for me, it feels like I can't let go of that. Okay. So let me address another thing. And you may be right, but you may be woefully wrong. Uh, I have a friend who's a pilot. For you know the first plane he flies jets. You know the first plane he flew was a Piper jet. A uh, Piper, not Piper jet. A Piper, a Cessna, a Cessna, oh. a little propeller. <laughs> yeah, uh, Piper. I don't know. I'm like, <laughs> I was like, what? Never. Here, here's a tip, Erica. <laughs> never use an analogy about something you have no idea about. <laughs> yeah. But he now flies <laughs> 747s. And the thing is, he started off. He was one of those guys that flew the planes up and down the beach. All pilots start off with a small propeller airplane. Um, if you start off with a high-end tool, rarely can we extract all the value out of it. Usually, it's overkill. I don't know much about Infusionsoft. I know my own business isn't at the level uh, where Infusionsoft would be a tool that we could truly leverage to its fullest. So we're waiting. Um, so I understand, yeah, Infusionsoft, I'm sure it's an amazing tool. You may yeah, be better served. I didn't start with Infusionsoft. I used MailChimp for over a year, a year and a half, two years. Okay. So you, yeah, so you may still be a MailChimper. You have a $7,000 business, can MailChimp reduce the cost and can we still extract the same benefit? I know Infusionsoft has all these bells and whistles. You may just be jumping early. 
the whole idea of profit first is we have to make sure there's money going into your pocket. I don't care what size business you have. 7,000 bucks is a legit business. Mm-hmm. We got to be allocating money to you. We got to take care. I, I got one. If this was my company, I got one employee I care about. Her name's Erica. I got to make sure that she's being rewarded for the extraordinary effort she's putting in. That's my number one priority. And that's got to be your priority too. Take care of numero uno. Stage two is I got to become very critical of all the costs I'm incurring and really see if it's a truly justified cost, if it's a premature cost, like you're experiencing, I think, with Infusionsoft, even though I love that software, it may be premature for this business, or is it just a sunk cost, money going out the window uh, that's not returning anything of value? Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah. What about time? What about time? So with MailChimp, I had a lot of problems and I was losing customers because of it. And Mm -hmm. it took so much of my time and it was time that I could have been spending, you know, getting new customers or investing in my business or growing my business. And so with Infusionsoft, I feel like I've gained so much time and I don't have any of those problems. Yeah, so, okay, so time simply means that there's more of you available. Now, here's the the hard truth. If we look at your business um, and remove the emotion, and we just look at it as a, a factual thing, your cost of the business right now, at least last year, was $0. You cost us nothing right now. You're our biggest asset, and you cost us nothing. So your time is actually cheaper right now than Infusionsoft, potentially. Now, here's the deal. There's a certain point that that flips. So when you invested in Infusionsoft, the time it availed you, were you able, as your a direct effort of you, were you able to generate new customers more frequently, uh, better customers, better retention? What was the result of this available time for you? Yeah, it's been amazing for me. I mean, I've really enjoyed it and all of the new things that I can do with it and how easy it is to um, put people in categories and tag them and really get a better understanding of of the um, activity of each customer. Gotcha. So here's the deal. We go through, and we got to start wrapping up the show, unfortunately, but here's what we do is we, we summarize all the costs you're having, and mm-hmm. we look for the most obvious ones, the ones we can remove that have no consequence to your membership. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a cost that's it's going to the ether, and it's not resulting in additional profits. Those we just ditch. Um, then the second thing is is we look at the ones that maybe are offering some value, but can we ditch those? But the biggest element that we didn't have time to talk about on this episode is profit margin. The, the other thing is you may not have enough margin what you're charging. You're charging $10 a month for some people. You've moved up to $35. Um, can we move it to $70? Can we move it to $100? And if so, who's the market that would really cater to that? Your customers as they exist today, may not be able to support that. But that doesn't mean there's not a good market here. I mean, after all, you only have 40 members out of hundreds of thousands of people that aspire or have moved to Los Angeles to pursue their dream in in the movies and in television. So we may want to shift the market mile too to increase your margin. Okay. Okay. Do we, do, so so here's your, your task to go home with. I, even if we have another $7,000 year, if we have $3,000 year, I don't care. You got to set these five accounts at your bank. Second, just to get started, and it's going to take a little leap of faith here, every time you make a deposit, 10% starts going to you. You are never to touch that for the business. It only goes to you. 1% goes to profit. 1% goes to tax reserve. I want you to see if you can find a way to run your business off 88%. Here's what we're going to do. Are, are you cool with that? Are you you with me? Yes, sure. Okay. Even though it's a, it's a little leap of faith? A few, <laughs> sure, a, yes. But you'll do Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the challenge. We're going to get on the phone again with you on a podcast in three months. So you can't back out of this and say, oh, I didn't do it. I want you <laughs> doing this and just you got to stick with it. In three months, I want to sit down. We're going to do another show with you if you're up for it. And we want to see where you stand. And I think you may even surprise yourself of what you find in in your business as a profit center or an opportunity, ways to increase your margin, ways to cut costs. I think your perspective will start to change. Okay. Are you up for it? I, yeah, I mean, there's definitely, you know, this is a longer conversation than 20 minutes, but, um, you know, I'll definitely, I'll definitely have to take a look at what my expenses are and what I can cut and how I can change things. 
Perfect. So good. So you're on. So that's what we're going to do. Uh, trepidation is okay. But what we're also going to do for you is we're going to let you work with Erin from our office here. Mm-hmm. She will wa- walk you through a full implementation of Profit First. So you're not going to be left abandoned saying, figure it out. We'll get on the phone with you and walk you through it behind the scenes here. And then we'll come back three months from now. You and me, we'll talk on the phone and see how you're doing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I like, love the enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, oh my god! I know. It's, I don't know. It's it, it's a lot. It's like oh crap! Now we have to stop talking, and you know it's um, yeah, yeah. It's you, you know it's it's it feels like a lot. You know a bigger conversation. I know in the grand scheme of things, it's a really short conversation. Cut your goddamn expenses, Erica. Oh, sorry. Can I say that? No, you can't say okay. goddamn. You can't say shit, and you can't say okay. Fuck. <laughs> Sorry, I got that uh, out. Um, so in general, it's a short conversation, but just figuring out, you know, the details for me, it's it'll be a longer conversation I have with myself to figure out exactly, you know, where I can make the cuts. Yeah, yeah and you just nailed it on the head. The, the, by the way, the whole thing you're saying right now, that's Parkinson's law kicking in right now. Our minds start saying, well, oh, I can't do that. I, I'm barely getting by. I only have enough money uh, to live off 7000 But the thing is, why 7000 the dollar amount you made, like you didn't plan on making $7,315.59. That's arbitrary. That's what you made. But magically, you found a way to spend almost that to mm. the penny. Mm-hmm. And that's our mind fucking with us. You can, yeah. you can say that, by he the way. He was joking. I was joking. You can swear all you want. But that's our mind totally, totally messing with us. So you found a way to live off what you had. I'm just telling you, we're going to reset that number a little bit lower. Or you're going to make more revenue. It's just going to be a different percentage. But your mind mm-hmm. will automatically kick in and do it. And then our mind does this nasty thing. It says, I can't do it. And this whole mind mess goes on. So what you're going through is normal. We're going to walk you through kind of the psychology of it behind the scenes with with Aaron. And um, I assure you, if you just trust yourself and trust the process, you'll be shocked at the results. Awesome. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, Erica, we're going to let you go. Thank you for your candy. You were amazing to, to share so honestly. And I hope the folks listening in, uh, you do the same with your own business and be so candid about yourself. All right. Awesome. Chris, thank you, Erica. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank Thanks, you. Erica. All right, we'll catch you later. So, Christina, Chris, I want to talk about what we learned from them. <gasps> uh, we got to hustle off the phone here. So, real, uh, real quick, who's our sponsors? You say them, I'll say what they do. Nextiva. Nextiva, voice over IP phone system. We've been using them for over five years. Love them. Next. Fundbox. Fundbox. If you need your invoices financed, right? You got a business and you have a cash flow problem. If someone's not paying their bill, Fundbox will release those funds to you. Fun box next. Mm, T sheets. T sheets. Time tracking software. We use it here. Um, you can even use it. Christina's favorite is the text in function. Oh, yeah. You can text. You're just texting in time all the time. <laughs> it's amazing time tracking software. And the last one. Fundera. Love Fundera. That's the one stop funding. So if you need to get a business loan. Now, here's the deal Erica told us uh, between the lines if you need funds, make sure it's an investment. That's something <laughs> that will give you money back. So only invest in things that will return money to you. And Fundera is a great source for that. Christina, what's the biggest thing you learned from today's episode? Oh, it's hard to pick the biggest thing. Um, I would say that things are not what it seems. And when she first started telling her story and she was like, oh, I moved to L.A. and within two weeks I got this. And I was like, you know, like some people are just so lucky, but that's not the case. It wasn't luck. She worked her ass off for it. She did her research. She made the right connections. She really she worked for it and she had the right intentions to do so. You got to have the right intentions to be successful. I agreed. Chris, your biggest takeaway. Uh, well, I had like a thousand takeaways. Um, I mean, I'm so sick. I can't remember. Both of you gave so many good ideas and stuff, but I really appreciate Erica's journey that she's on. She's creating this online community with a membership model. I think that's huge. I think these days it's all about community and, um, I think she's doing great and she's, like you said, very courageous to... She's taking the bull by the horns. She's figuring out that, okay, to get to that next level, I need to do something different or better. And she's actually Mm -hmm. doing it. She's going through this period when it's a little painful, right? It's it's rough. Business is rough. I don't like it personally, but anyway, but she's doing great. She's doing great. And and the candor was what impressed me. That was my biggest takeaway. You know, I can't think of a single entrepreneur, including myself, that doesn't do the double number game. And what this is, we have the numbers, the double set of numbers, the numbers for ourselves, like the real numbers, and then the numbers we tell the world. So I would go out there and say, oh, I got, you know, my business just passed a million dollars when I was doing 600000 really. My business, you know, I just passed the $50,000 mark when I just made 15000 Right. 
Um, we do this because our ego and bravado kicks in. But until we can get true candor about our real numbers, we can't address it because we actually start believing our own bullshit. So kudos to Erica for saying it the way it is. This is a business that's just getting started. A, a neophyte business can be a neophyte business for 100 years. But now that she has the candor, and it's permanently recorded and will be throughout <laughs> eternity now, is we she has a way to navigate through this. And I, I every listener, listen in for this. It just gets me fired up. A little scared. Every listener. God, I got all fired up. I forgot I was fired up about Everyone, until you have candor about your numbers, you can't improve things. Profit First is a percentage-based system. It works with a $7,000 company. It works with a $1 company or a $1 million or a hundred. I don't care where you stand in your business. Now, the irony is Erica is living Parkinson's law. She was... The thoughts she had, the resistance, the the fear she had—that's all Parkinson's law. Ah, uh, I'm not a big enough business to do profit first. I I I can only live off seven thousand dollars. You can't. You see, like seven thousand dollars, just a random number that she made. If she had a hundred more members, that would have been different. If she had a, if she had twelve less members, it would have been different. You, we always find a way to live off of what we're making. Parkinson's law. Start allocating money to profit first, and you'll find a way to thrive. All right, Chris, we got to get the heck out of here. Yes, we really do. This has been another great episode of the Profit First Podcast. You can check out all our previous episodes on ProfitFirstPodcast.com. And, of course, check us out on iTunes and Stitcher or TuneIn, your favorite podcatcher, however you like to listen. You might even want to just binge listen and go walk around your backyard for a few hours listening to Mike Michalowicz. Get fired up. (laughs) Get fired up. And listen, if you want one-on-one help, we're here to help you. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com. Click on the Find button. We have people throughout the country, actually throughout the globe now, that are helping entrepreneurs of all different sizes, from startups to wildly large revenue companies that are struggling to make a penny, to make lots of pennies, to become very profitable. Go to ProfitFirstProfessionals.com and click on the Find button, and we're going to help you out. Boom. Next episode, Robin Robbins is coming. This woman made a rocketing business this is one of those success stories how and interestingly if erica's still listening in a membership organization that went from a neophyte making less than seven thousand to over seven million dollars a year now you're going to find out how to do it on our next episode that's awesome thanks for listening everybody see you